Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Father, for your presence. Thank you for your goodness today. Help us, Lord, to hear what you're saying in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. We give you glory. I pray that every heart would be fed today. Hallelujah. You can bring it down. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Can you give God a shout? Hallelujah. So as Pastor Nancy said, we've been here for quite a while, just a few years. And it's hard to believe that 35, 36 years has gone by. I mean, I don't look like I'm 16. <laughs> Not. <laughs> How many of you know he's renewing our youth like the eagles? It pays to serve God. Way, way, way back. We're going to go into the way, way, way back machine. When we were way, 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 way back at Fargo Avenue when it was called East Bay Faith Center on Wicks Boulevard, we had a seminar with Sister Gloria Copeland, Billy Brem, and Lynn Hammond. What a powerful meeting that was. I believe that pastors were led to bring them in and it set a course for our church. It really did. It, 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 the seminar they ministered on, the topic was uh, contending for the glory. I believe it was at that meeting that uh, it was cemented into the fabric of our church family that we would be a presence-based church. There are no gimmicks here at Heart of the Bay. You won't find magic water. You won't find magic carpets. You, there, there's no, there's no, uh, uh, you give a thousand dollars and your prayer will be answered. There's none of that going on here because we don't need that. I said we don't need that. We shouldn't need that. Nobody should need that. But what we did determine was to go with the presence of God. And I so appreciate our pastors. I hope you do too. Because not every pastor goes with a presence-based church. They go with fads. They go with what's popular. And so as pastor has said and trained us, it, sometimes people follow the crowd instead of following the cloud. But in Heart of the Bay, like Brother uh, Ed Dufresne uh, spoke over our church, this is a safe place because it's grounded in the word and we're also moving with the spirit of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's a that's a winning combination. I said that's a winning combination. But such scriptures as Isaiah 60 came to light in that meeting some 25 years ago or so, maybe a little more than that. And uh, that was the scripture that you're all familiar with. Arise, shine, right? For your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Remember scriptures like that? And every once in a while we're reminded of that. Praise the Lord. You know, it goes on to say things like, For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you. We used to sing good old songs like, Arise, shine, for your light is come. Remember that? Some of the old timers remember that is. All right. Anyway, these were wonderful times. But you know what's very interesting? That message and that deposit, that impartation is just as uh, valid and relevant today as it was 36 years ago. Just the same. We need the glory of God. And I'm going to go to the one of the texts that uh, I believe it was Billy Brem ministered. She ministered on the dwelling place. I'll never forget those messages. But particularly uh, Exodus 33. Can we go there? Will you read the word with me for just a little bit? Let the word speak to you. Hallelujah. Did we pray already? I can't even remember. Lord, talk to us. I believe you already are talking to us. Thank you. Before we even ask, the answer already happened. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, help. Amen. Exodus 33. I'm in the New King James Version. Listen to this. Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know uh, whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and that you have also found grace in my sight. Now therefore, Lord, I pray you, uh, if... Uh, I have found grace in your sight. Show me now your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight. And consider that this nation is your people. And this is God speaking back to Moses. He says, my presence, say presence, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then he said unto him, that's Moses saying to God, if your presence goes, does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. 
See, he's placing a demand on the presence. If your presence is not on it, I don't want to go. I'm not moving until I know it's God. We would do well to follow that example. And I'm so glad that our pastors have. That's why a church like this exists today. Hallelujah. Because they're waiting for the move of God and, and, and flowing in it. And so then he goes in verse 16, it says this, For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except that you go with us, so that we shall be separate, and your people and I from all the other people who are upon the face of the earth. There ought to be a difference between you and the person that doesn't follow God. We need the presence of God. So the Lord said to Moses, I will do this thing in verse 17 that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. Now notice what Moses said, and we're going to, this is one of the last things in building up to what we're going to talk about today. He said, please show me your glory. Please show me, show me your glory. We sing songs about the glory all the time. From back 36, 37 years ago, all the way to now. We're singing songs about the glory of God. And we're worshiping God and desiring and praying for the glory. Is that right? And I, But I want you to notice something today. I hope this doesn't stretch you too far. Notice what God said. He responds to Moses and says in verse 19, I will make my goodness. Now that's odd to me. He says, wait, 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 wait. Wait a minute. He said, show me your glory. And then God responds, okay, I'll do it. I'm going sh- to show you my goodness. Is it too much of a stretch, Christian, for us to say that if God said, I'm going to show you my glory, then, then he goes on to say, I'm going to show you my goodness. Is it too much of a stretch to say, show me your goodness is what he was asking for, what Moses was asking for? As a matter of fact, is it too much... For us to interpret that in this way, arise, shine, for the goodness of God is risen upon you. Is it too much? I don't think so. Because God himself said it. All right, you, you, you want to see my glory? I'm going to show you my goodness. That's almost, I want to be careful here, but if not the major component, one of the major or primary components of the glory of God. And I want you to notice something. Go back to the scripture that we were just talking about. He said, if your presence doesn't go with us, how are people going to know that we're called by your name? Or how about this? If your goodness doesn't go with us, then how are people going to know? If they're not seeing any good in our life, how in the world are they going to know that we're called by your name and that we're separate, that we're different? It's the goodness in your life. So let's get into How many you into this today? The title of today's message, in case you're interested, is Contending for God's Goodness. The seminar way back when with those precious ladies, those gifts to the body of Christ, was Contending for the Glory. Today we're going to come at it from this side, Contending for God's Goodness. Somebody say amen. amen. So I'm going to do a little exercise Today And just for a couple of minutes, I'm going to read a barrage of scriptures and statements. And whenever you see the word good in there, shout glory. When I say the word good, shout glory. Is that, is that fair? I think we can do that. Let's, let's, let's practice. Uh, are we ready for practice here? Choir? Uh, good. Good. Uh, good. All right. You got it. You got it. All right. Now watch this. First of all, goodness is a primary component of the kingdom. So much so that it appears to me that I can describe the kingdom of God as the kingdom of good. Okay, so let's look at this a little bit. Psalm 34, 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is he who trusts in him. Psalm 107.1 Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. See, you're paying attention. For his mercy endureth forever. Jeremiah 29.11 God thinks good thoughts toward us. So we have good thoughts here. 
New King James in James 1.17, Every good and perfect gift comes from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there's no variableness or shadow of turning. In Matthew uh, 4.23, you don't have to turn to all these, but just is just a little barrage here. Jesus proclaimed the good news of the kingdom. Isn't that interesting? I, I pulled that from the... Uh, yeah, straight up, it says like that, the good news of, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. How about Matthew seven eleven? Good, He's the good Father that gives good things to those that ask Him. How about Luke twelve thirty two? It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. All right, so Jesus was described and described Himself as, I am the good shepherd. In John 10, 14. In Romans 1, 16, amplified in NLT, Paul said, I am not ashamed of the good news of Christ. In ten seventeen, faith comes by hearing the good news about Christ. Romans 2, 4, the goodness of God leads men to repentance. The goodness of God. Amen. How about 2 Thessalonians 1.11? God that fulfills all the good Glory. pleasure of His goodness Glory. toward us. These are, these are straight from the Bible, friends. 2 Corinthians 6.41 Let my saints rejoice in goodness. Glory. Romans 8.20 You're doing really great. Romans 8.28 uh, The God that works all things out for good Glory. To those that love Him and are called according to His purpose. How about Psalm 107.8? God satisfies the longing souls and fills the hungry soul with goodness. I'm not making this up, friends. It's all in your Bible. In Romans 12.21, we're instructed to overcome evil with good. Hallelujah. Are you seeing this? We're almost done. You'll give your lungs a little rest. Hallelujah. Then we're going to start getting to run around the room. Oh, just kidding. In Ephesians uh, 2.10, we are created in Christ Jesus for good works. Isn't that interesting? Look at how much of our family culture is about goodness. Isn't that interesting? Let's look at something else. It says in, uh, in Philippians 2.13 in the NIV, It is God who works in you to will and to act un- in order to fulfill his good purpose. So the, the purposes of God, they're good. You know. Hallelujah. Look at Romans 12, 21. Oh, we already got that one. Okay, Psalms 23, 6. I love this. You know, this is from the psalmist, and you know, the Lord is my shepherd and all that. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It says in Genesis, Genesis 12, 2, I will make of you, speaking to Abraham, a great nation, and I will bless you with abundant increase of favors, make your name famous and distinguished, and you will be a blessing dispensing good to others. Friends, you can't get away from it. You can't get away from God's goodness. You'd either have to be dishonest or misinformed to deny it. The fact that God is good. Jesus is good. The Holy Ghost is good. His word is good. His plan is good. Purpose is good. The gifts are good. The works are good. And the kingdom is good. And he's called priest unto good works. And that sets you apart from the rest of the world. There is no other organization like the body of Christ. It doesn't come any other way. There is no manipulation. This is a labor of love. It's a love relationship. And it's all good. All right, we could stop stop the glory. You could give, let it all out. Just give God a big one and let it all out so we could pick up. All right. So, good. Okay, I think we're in it now. Now, friends, listen to this. With so much good at our disposal... No, we didn't have to. We're... uh, we have a few. We need to take a break now. With so, many, so much goodness at our disposal, is it fair to ask the question, is it possible to increase or decrease or impede the flow of God's goodness today? Is it possible for you 
to increase the amount of goodness that is seen on you versus even resisting the goodness? I think so. In fact, let's look at some scriptures. Because my goal, or I believe the Father's goal today, is to have you to make sure that you're welcoming the goodness of God and that you're walking in the goodness of God. Because you need the goodness of God. He needs you to have the goodness of God in your life. So there's a couple, several things we could do as we move quickly to, to, to help bring forth the, the uh, goodness of God. So here we go with Psalms 27, 13. David said this, I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Now listen carefully. I would have fainted, except I would have believed to see. So apparently, we've got to do something. You can't just sit there like a bump on a log and expect that the goodness is just going to happen. We are required to believe. He says, I would have fainted, except I would have believed to see. We have to believe to see it. And we know we're going to be blessed in the by and by. We know we're going to shout the victory afterwards. But where you need, where God needs the goodness of God to be in manifestation is right here in the nasty now and now. That's when you need the goodness of God. That's where you need it the most. That's where your family needs it. Your kids need it. Your nation needs it. Your church needs it. Your community needs to see the goodness of God. So you, we've got to believe to see it. I like what Holman says in Psalms 27, 13. I'll just go through these quickly. I am certain that I will see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living. The Passion Translation. Yet I totally trust you to rescue me one more time so that I can see once again how good you are and while I'm still alive. Did you catch that? While we're still alive. Thank God. Listen. Ultimately, we win. Is that right? Ultimately, we win. Because any way you slice it, we're going to heaven and we're shouting the victory up there. But I want you to notice that He wants victory right now. You need victory right now in the immediacy of your timeline here on the earth. It's the truth. Let's look at what it says in the message. I'm sure now I'll see God's goodness. I'm sure. That almost sounds like fully persuaded. I am sure I'm going to see it in the exuberant earth. Stay with God. Take heart. Don't quit. I'll say it again. Stay with God. So you've got to believe it. You've got to believe the report that there's goodness available to you. And we're not talking about a little spurt. You see, the kind of victory that God has for you is not like you got to the 14th inning and tie score and there's there's they're throwing anybody get the bat boy okay let him come up and pitch a few innings oh my goodness okay bring in bring in the water boy and have him pitch a few innings and then you finally finally on a technicality because somebody did a balk and then it walked guy into okay the game's over on a technicality no that's not the kind of victory that God is talking about when the Apostle Paul writes, Thanks be unto God who giveth us the victory, it's not a marginal victory. Amen. You know those five, four hour, I don't know what the longest baseball game is, but we all think like, oh, right, we're going to get our money's worth. Then by the 20th inning, you're like, really? <laughs> they get your grandma up there pitching. <laughs> the victory that Christ was won for us was decisive, overwhelming, powerful, no doubt about it. Can I even use this in church? It was a slaughter. Just like when we were playing t-ball and we could take on those guys better than they could take us on and the score gets to be 37 and we say, well, let them score one run. Just, you know, feel sorry for them. You know, you know, we should. This is such a slaughter. You should almost feel sorry for the devil. Like, poor guy, he just lost his shirt on everything. He is out of any. He can't save face anymore. That's when he talks about that Christ made a show of them openly, triumphing in it. So, the kind of life that we're supposed to live, 
the kind of finances you're supposed to flow in, the kind of love that you're supposed to have in your relationships, the kind of ideas you're supposed to have, it's not this little marginal, well, it sort of looks a little better than the other guy. You know, there's, there's, the, there's that, that guy that's, man, he has a filthy mouth and he, he curses God and doesn't honor God at all. But, but, and there's, there's Joe Christian. You know, Joe Christian goes to church and he's praying and give it a good shot. Give it a good college try. And he barely got it done. No, this is an overwhelming difference. That's what we're talking about in every area of life. I like to draw from the three Hebrew children and Daniel. Did you know that uh, when the king observed them, he said they were ten times better then all the other learned, and they call them magicians, not musicians, magicians. <laughs> but they were ten times better in all areas. Look it up. In the sciences, in politics, in everything. They were ten times better. What was that? The goodness of God, the glory of God in their lives. There was a difference between them and the other folk. So let's move right, around, right along. So you have to... Uh, Believe to see the goodness of God. Here's another thing we've got to do. We've got to watch our mouth. We've got to watch what we say. How can we limit or increase what we see in our life by what we say? Or well, let me let me just take you to First Peter three verse ten through seventeen. The Amplified. I like this scripture. For let him who wants to enjoy life. There's a thought for you. You know. Can I be honest? How many of us can stand to enjoy life just a little bit more? Yeah. I mean, you know what? God wants His people happy. God, there, there is no mandate to say you have to be sad. You, you, you know, that's too much. Stop laughing. That, that's it. There is no quota for Pastor Brenda how much she could laugh and how much fun she could have. There's no quota on you how much you can enjoy life because Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly to the full till it overflows. Your home should be filled with laughter. My, well, my home is full of crying. Well, we're going to change that today. Our house is full of fighting. Well, we're about to change some things today. Notice what it says. For let him who wants to enjoy life and see good days. You even want it. If you want to see good days. And it says good whether apparent or not in the Amplified Version. And that's important. Because you've got to do what's right, what's required of you, whether or not you get immediate feedback from it. Some people, they want to have everything fixed first, and then they're going to start saying the right thing. That's not how it works. You've got to step out in faith. Somebody say faith. And talk right to begin with. And then, so there are some days that may not look that great. But it says, if you want to enjoy life and see good days, whether apparent or not, keep your mouth from evil and your lips from guile. Stop that critical tongue. Stop that sarcasm. Stop that sorry me talk. Come on, somebody. Stop that complaining and his lips from guile, treachery and deceit. Instead, let him turn away from wickedness and shun it and let him do right. How about quote scriptures? How about declare and praise the Lord? We'll get to that in a minute. Let him search for peace, which is harmony, undisturbedness from fears, agitating passions and moral conflicts and seek it eagerly. This is a mission that every human being must have. I so appreciate what's coming. What, wait till you see what's coming. And I, that's why I like the Amplified Bible. It says, Do not merely desire peaceful relations with God, with your fellow man, and yourself, but pursue it and go after it. So you have three dimensions of relationships. You gotta, we've got to get it right. If we want, the, the, the more we get this right, the more glory or the more goodness can be in manifestation. If, if you're all good with God and you're okay with your spouse, but you got ought in your heart and something against your kid, we got a problem. That's a limitation. We've got to remove those limitations. How about if you're okay with, you know, certain family members or certain people or in the church, I'm okay with this person, but not that person. Friends, we've got to get our relationships right. We got a clean house. 
We've got to have pure hearts. We've got to learn how to walk in love. I like what I said earlier. It says, you know what? Walking in love and some of the things we're talking about, they are not optional. If you want the fullness of God, if you want the goodness of God to come upon you and overtake you and be full and be the light He wants you to be so that they'll come to your rising seeing all the goodness of God on you, then you need to treat these things not as options but as necessities. Uh, a good example came to us about buying a car. You know, there are certain options you could get with a car. Well, you know, did you want leather or do you want cloth or do you want the Wi-Fi or do you want the Bluetooth? Do you want the navigating system? Well, yeah, yes on this, no on that. The moon roof, the back roof, the side roof, the back camera. You know, anymore you have to take a university college course to even know how to operate these things. They're like spaceships. And tell me the truth. Do you really know all the functions in your car? You know you don't. I feel sorry for you guys that are leasing and trading every three years. You have no idea how to work that. And you know what I'm talking about. Well, this is how you do it. And they give you a book that thick. Like, yikes. I got to tell off on myself. I remember I was feeling really good. We got my wife a new car and we were really happy with this new little car. And I said, she let me drive it and I took her out to dinner and we went to Black Angus. I said, honey, I'll take care of it. I'll just let you out and I'll park the car. I'll be your little valet. No problem. Open the door, close it. I get over there, pull into a parking place. She's already holding the table for me. I don't know how to turn the car off. Well, wait a minute, there's no key anymore. Like, how, how do you, what do you do? Totally humbled, absolutely humbled. This has nothing to do with the message, but totally humbled. I, I call her on the phone. I say, honey, how do you turn off your car? I didn't, anyway, we're talking about options and those things that are options and the things that are not options. You know, keyless entry, keyless ignition. Like, dear Lord, uh, Michelle scares me. She goes out there and the car starts. Like, whoa, whoa, the car starts by itself. This is crazy stuff, folks. But the thing is, those are options. They're optional. You don't need that to get from point A to point B. Those of you that are still driving the 80s car, you know what I'm talking about. Get that muscle car out, baby. Mm, give it a new paint job. Let it sparkle, man. Remember the car, the days you could open the hood and you could see the ground? Those are gone forever, baby. These are gone forever. And you better not mess up with the electronics. You sneeze and something goes wrong. $800 bill. Anyway, moving right back to the script. I'm just, you see what you're doing to me? Walking in love is not an option like you'd pick, well, sunroof, moonroof, this roof, that roof. It's not an option. If you're going to make it, in this generation and be full of the goodness of God, these are mandatory. The same way you would not consider taking a car with only two wheels on it. It's like, uh, excuse me, there, there was a, there's some wheels missing. Like, what wheels? Oh, there's your car. So, no, it's not right. I can't go. Look, oh, this car don't drive. Having wheels on it is not an option. It's mandatory. Walking in love is not an option. It's mandatory. I said mandatory. I hope that's helping somebody. But there's other things. Okay. So I love what, I love what, let's move, move along from there. So get your relationships right. And notice what it says. Don't merely desire peaceful relations with God. You also have peaceful relations with your fellow man. And I love what it says. And yourself. We've got to be at a, place of peace with ourselves. You got to get to the place where there are no regrets, no bitterness. Let Jesus do a thorough work in your life. Just let his blood cleanse you and let the comforter come in and take care of all that mess that happened when you were a kid and all that mess that happened when you were betrayed by that certain individual and whoever stabbed you in the back. We've got to somebody say, let it go. I guess somebody needed to hear this. I didn't go this far this morning, but first service. But moving right along, notice what it says, also the relationship with yourself. So you do have a relationship with yourself. You've got to be at peace. Know that you're precious. That you're bought with a price. Know who you are in Christ and be humble before the Lord to accept the assignment He's called you to. I'll leave it there. Amen. Is that good? So notice this. 
we have to learn how to pray goodness. Pray. Let's see what I'm going to do. Oh, I like this. Janet Brzee, what a blessing she was when they were here. I love what she said in James 5.13. Never saw it this way. He says, Is any of you afflicted? Let him pray. I always thought that means if like sick or something. She goes, no, the Lord showed me a few things. She says, sick is later in the verse. He says, let him call for the elder of the church, anoint him with oil with prayer of faith, shall say the sick of Jesus, come in any sins, he shall be forgiven him, so forth, and the Lord will raise him up, all that sort of thing. That's the sickness part. There's other things, and she was so wonderful, I, I just took that, went right into my spirit, and it says, if anybody is having a hard time, if you're having a hard time, if you're in trouble, if you're distressed, that's what that means. If you're having it, and I just got to save time, but it says in the NIV, is anyone in trouble? It's the NIV version. The passion says, is any believers in your fellowship suffer from a great hardship and distress? Let him pray. Friends, a major key for you inviting the goodness of God in your life is get a prayer life. You've heard people say, come on, get a life. Well, I'm just trying to help you today. Get a prayer life. It's not an option. You've got to know to pray for yourself. Let him pray. And so many wonderful materials. I can't go into it. Pastor Nancy, Pastor Mark, Pastor Brown, they've all the marvelous series on prayer, the different kinds of prayer. And, And let me just put a major plug for praying in the Holy Spirit. 1215. Okay. Let me put a major plug for that. Good. I'm right there. When Brother Andy Osakwe, remember Pastor Andy? He came, I guess it's moving on two years he came. He ministered on praying in the Holy Spirit. But, you know, Christian, when you come to church and you hear something, and it might seem like a familiar topic, approach it with an open heart. You never can tell what someone's going to say that's going to drop right into your spirit and, and bring you to another level of God's goodness. Brother Andy was talking about praying in the Holy Ghost. Well, you know, I know about praying in the Holy Ghost. I've been filled with the Holy Spirit for many years. I, I, you know, uh, had a pleasure of serving on pastoral staff for years and years. But never was it ever ministered to me quite like that. And the Lord spoke to me. You don't even know what to pray the way you're supposed to. You know, in the morning, how do you, how do you start your day? Well, let me make my little... You don't know what to put on the list. Well, let me open my Bible. You don't even know what scripture to turn to. What, you're going to turn your favorite scripture or something? Or are you going to go eeny, meeny, miny, moe or something? Friends, we don't know. There's so much coming at you today. You need to know with precision what you need for that day. So it was on His influence of teaching us to pray in the Holy Ghost that I adopted this new thing. My wife will tell you, I do this like every day. I wake, up in the, I wake up in the morning, first thing, I get my timer, and I put it on, and I start praying in the Holy Ghost, and this is what I do, maybe it'll help somebody. I listen to what's coming out of my mouth, because I don't know what's going to come out. I don't, I'm not driving a narrative. I'm listening, because the Holy Ghost, my spirit, by the Holy Spirit, is praying. And I will, it'll pray, and it'll pray, and it'll come out, and I go, what, what, what was that, what was that? And one, I'll just tell you one blessing that came from that. Because it's applicable today. I was praying in the Holy Ghost that way. First, my routine. Praying the Holy Spirit. The timer goes off. You know what? I've been listening to what? What was that? What, what was that word that just came out? And then I go into making petitions and thanksgiving and that sort of thing. Where I begin to pray with my understanding. And a lot of times, it's impacted by what I just heard the Holy Spirit tell me. And I look up a definition like, oh my goodness, which I'll share in a moment. And then I go from there to even it'll tell me what scriptures to look up from what the Holy Ghost said. Just a thought. It works for me. It works for my wife. We have a great time. We have revival every day in our house. Praise the Lord. But let me tell you, one day as I was praying like this, the word impasse came up. Impasse. I, first of all, I have never used the word impasse in my life. I've never wrote it. I don't even remember reading it. But I, I almost had to look it up. I knew it had something to do with, with not being able to make progress or something. But let me tell you what the word impasse means. A situation in which no progress can be made. 
No advancement is possible. A dead end. A stalemate. A standstill. Are you listening? Wow. An unpassable obstacle. Wow. That's pretty pretty strong. And yet, as I was praying that, as I saw that, I said, you know what? What are you telling me? What are you telling me? He reminded me, nothing is impossible with God. There are things in the family of God, you know, various places, families, ministry things, where people are at a standstill and they're stuck thinking that we're not going to get past this. This one we can't get past. Right behind that time of prayer came the word breakthrough. And I realized like, wow, okay. And I began to pray. And it was very powerful, very powerful time of prayer. Something changed in the spirit when I began to pray with authority. Something can happen in your life, a greater dimension of God's goodness, when you begin to pray with authority. Paul the Apostle said this, I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with the understanding. Boy, did we dig into that one. I knew exactly where he was going with that. There are family situations that have been like at a stalemate and we haven't been able to move it this way or that way. Financial situations, people, friends that we dearly love, brothers and sisters dealing with physical situations in their bodies that we knew this has got to change. This is not right. How many of you will be honest with Pastor Tom today and say, there are some things that they're just not right. Not only that, it's gone on way too long. I said it's gone on way too long. Part two will be probably something along the line of prayer. But part one, which we're about to wrap up right here, is just a thought that it is so critical for us to get the importance of praying, praying for yourself and praying for others. Unless you do the type of praying where it takes authority and binding and loosing. Some things will stay the same. You keep pushing up against it and it stays the same. And then it kind of calms down and then you kind of ignore it. But let's be honest about it. You're putting up with it. We just don't want to... It's like the pink elephant in the room. That physical circumstance in your body, sir. That physical situation in your body, ma'am. Does not belong there. And like Jesus said, Ought not this daughter of Abraham being low these 18 years? Shouldn't she be loosed? Wow. I'm telling you right now. You should not be unemployed or underemployed that's wrong you should not be barely above water to meet your bills that's not right you should have a peaceable habitation you and your kids should not be fighting you and your spouse if you're married should not be fighting there should be peace hallelujah oh man I could go places with this but it's the kind of praying that will get it done And so I saw the impasse as a challenge and like a bulldog, I took it on. My wife and I took it on. And I'm telling you, I love this. I love this church because it helps you know where you stand. Remember, if you want to see good days, whether apparent or not, you got to do something. You got to believe the report and you got to do something. Now, I've got to move right along because there was one more thing that's important about getting, yeah. You've got to get your praise on. If you are going to see the goodness of God in your family, in your body, in your business, in your church, in your community, you are going to have to put your praise on, body of Christ. I want you to turn to Psalms chapter 4, verse 5 through 7. In the Amplified, it says this, Offer just and right sacrifices Trust, lean on, and be confident in the Lord. Now, notice the content. I think that it almost came like it was out of nowhere that he's putting these two concepts together. Listen to this again. Offer just and right sacrifices. Then he says, trust, lean on, and be confident in the Lord. And the very next statement, 
says what's coming into your ear oftentimes. Many say, oh, that we might see some good. Oh, I wonder if this is doing any good. Look at Psalms 4.6 in the King, New King James Version. There are many who say, who will show us any good? Come on, friends. Look at the NLT. Many people say, who will show us better times? I'll tell you who's going to give you better times. The goodness of God is going to show you better times. And I'll tell you how you're going to see those good times and turn some situations around. Is Psalm 50, 23. Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me. And to him that ordereth his conversation aright, I will show the salvation and the goodness of God. Somebody shout, because it's the truth. You've got to be trained in your spirit the way Habakkuk was trained. Verse Habakkuk 3, 17 through 19. Another wonderful. I'm almost done. How many of you give me five minutes? Give me five. Give me five. And I don't mean slap me five. I mean give me five minutes. I'm not messing with you, church. Habakkuk 3, 17 through 19 in the Amplified. Though the fig tree does not blossom, though there is no fruit in the vines, though the product of the olive fails and the fields yield no fruit, though the flock is cut off from the fold and there be no cattle in the stall. Now that's a bad day, isn't it? It doesn't look too good. Look what he arises and says, Yet! Yet! Somebody help me. Yet! I will rejoice in the Lord. I will exult in the victorious God of my salvation. Listen. Hallelujah. The Lord God is my strength. He's my personal bravery. He's my invincible army. He makes my feet like hinds feet. Hallelujah. And my feet like hinds feet and will make me to walk, not stand still in terror, but to walk and make spiritual progress Mr. Devil we're making progress in our family we're making progress in our finances we're making progress in our body we're making progress in our marriages we're making progress with our kids we're making progress with our grandkids we're making progress in our community just want to make sure that you're here y'all still here because I'm not quite done hallelujah so but to walk and make Progress upon my high places, listen to this, of trouble, suffering, or responsibility. God's doing it for you. God's goodness will do it for you. While everybody else is going down the drain, I'm sorry they're going down the drain, but you do not have to go down the drain. He has raised you up and seated you up. Seated together in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. You are a king. You are a priest unto God. And where the word of a king is, there's authority and power. Hallelujah. And I got, I got these thoughts as I was thinking about this. And we're going to just wind it down real close here. Is this ever going to end? I, let, can we be real? There are several people in this congregation that are in some very, very difficult situations. And you may not have said it out loud, but you certainly thought it. Just how long can this possibly go on? When is this going to be over? I'm, and you've almost thought this, if not said it, I'm done with this. I can't take this anymore. Come on, somebody. Let's be real. Come on, family. I want you to turn to Proverbs 13, 12 in the Message Bible. Hallelujah. And I'll need my friends in high places to help me in the Message Bible, Proverbs 13, 12. How long is this going to go on? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Does anybody have the Message Bible? There it is. Let, let's read this. Look at this. Unrelenting disappointment leaves you heartsick. But a sudden... Good! Break! 
can turn life around. I could feel this coming up in my heart. Lord, give me a break. Give me a, he's going to do more than give you a break. He's going to give you a breakthrough. You do what we're talking about today. He is the God of the breakthrough. I know you've had a hard time. God knows you've had a hard time. But you're on your way to that sudden, good break that will turn life around. Hallelujah! And you know what? When that breakthrough of God's goodness happens, again, it won't be this sort of kind of. Is that the blessing, Brother Bob? What do you think? Absolutely. We're, we're squinting. You got to squint for how small it is. You go like, it kind of looks like a blessing, Brother Bob. It kind of. And do you see, is that it's sort of that? You will not need to wonder. Not only will you know, everybody will know. That's God. You might even say respectfully, oh my God, look what just happened. Oh man. And you're like stunning. He is a stunning God. He's coming to burst through in your life. Hallelujah. If you will draw from his goodness. Let's finish out with Psalms 126. Psalms 126, and we're almost done, I promise. It seemed like a dream that I was going to finish. No, 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 not that. It seemed like a dream. Too good to be true. When the Lord returns Zion's exile. Another translation says, when the Lord turned our captivity. Woo! Let's take a shout break. Shout break, shout break. We laughed. It's been way too long since you've had laughter in your house. It's been way too long since you've had, you were giddy in your car and so happy and, and giddy about, about life and God. It says, we laughed, we sang. Don't you hang your harp up yet, saint. Just pull that thing down and make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Hallelujah. We sang. We couldn't believe our good fortune. We were the talk of the nations. We are the talk of the neighborhood. Hallelujah. God was wonderful then. You know, God was wonderful to us. We are one happy people. If there's one thing I know about Heart of the Bay is that we're supposed to be happy, 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 happy. The happiest place I've ever seen, one prophet said about this church. And you know what? This isn't one where you have to fake it. You will know, man, God was good. And everybody comes in here laughing and giddy just about how good God was and all the breakthroughs that happened. Hallelujah. And then it goes on to say, now God, do it again. Bring rain to our drought-stricken lives. So those who planted their crops in despair. Listen, you've done praying. Don't stop praying. You've done declaring. Don't stop declaring. You're going to be praising. Don't stop praising. Keep your praise on it. As a matter of fact, put your praise on those kids. Put your praise on it. Put your praise about your marriage. Put your praise on it. Lord, help this situation. Declare the word of God and then put a praise on it. Finish the job. Don't leave it half done. Put a praise on it. Hallelujah. Lord of the physical situation. Thank God for your healing and then put a praise on it, somebody. So those that went off, so those who planted their crops in despair will shout hurrahs at the harvest. So, uh, so those who went off with heavy hearts will come home laughing with armloads. Go like this with your hand, friends. Let's go ahead. Now, we're about to close the service. I'm not tricking you. I'm trying to get something to you. Will you please receive the goodness of God? I beg you. I beseech you by the mercies of God. Receive the goodness of God. Go ahead. Activate your faith right now. Father, in the name of Jesus. Things are turning right now in the spirit. Come on. Activate your faith. 
You know what I'm talking about. He knows what you're talking about. He knows exactly what's, what's ails you. At last, at last, He will bring it to pass. Mangotika, ye kakani, e kanonochisne. Thank you, Father. And I declare over your people, your goodness over your people, an abundance over your people, abundance of joy. Thank you, Father, that sorrow and mourning must flee away. Stop it in Jesus' name. Loose God's people in Jesus' name. I thank you. I prophesy beauty for ashes. I prophesy the oil of joy for the garment of heaviness. Heriada, spirit of heaviness, the garment of praise for a weak and failing spirit. No, not one weak or feeble among our tribe in Jesus' name. And I declare it over your people. I bless your people in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Just receive that. Keep receiving it. Hallelujah. Receive it. Drink it in. Drink it in. It's in the air. He's in it. He's in it. I receive it. Be it unto me according to your word. Thank you, Lord. Things are different now. I'll have a special grace to deal... I'll have a special grace to deal with all the people. Special graces are coming to me. I'll finally land that job. I'll finally get that job. I'll finally receive comfort for that area. The question will finally be answered. Those bills will be paid. Yeah, 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 mana. Courts, courses will be laid in now. In Emakukini Ekamonostia. The courses, the courses, the courses of life. You're going to cause the course to be clear in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. And you'll clear up. There's some situations that need to be cleared up. Cleared up. You need to clear the air. Clear the air. He's clearing the air right now in Jesus' name. There's some things about in our bodies that God is clearing right now. Uh, you know, there's... Can you receive it? Come on, worship Him. Worship Him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The goodness of God. A wave of God. Not just a trickle, but a bursting forth. In Jesus' name, an overwhelming manifestation of your goodness. And I thank you, Lord, that they will come back to this place with armloads of blessing. In Jesus' name. Can you shout amen? amen. Was the word of God good today? Amen. Hallelujah. You know, you come to church. I'll say it. You come to church, you should have a good time. You should. Even if, it, if you're being corrected, it should still be a good time. Hallelujah. You should leave better than when you came. You shouldn't come in laughing and leave crying. You should... <laughs> it would be best if you came in laughing and left laughing <laughs> more. <laughs> but I, I promise you, you come in with this expectation. God is working in your life. Just trust God that He is working.